0: madam your majesty is much too sad you promised when you parted with the king to lay aside life harming heaviness and entertain a cheerful disposition
1: to please the king I did to please myself I cannot do it yet I know no cause why I should welcome such a guest as grief save bidding farewell to so sweet a guest as my sweet Richard yet again methinks think some unborn sorrow ripe in fortune's womb is coming towards me And my inward soul, with nothing, trembles at something it grieves, more than with parting from my lord the king. Each substance of a grief hath twenty shadows
0: which shows like grief itself, but it is not so. For sorrow's eye glazed with blinding tears divides one thing entirely to many objects, like perspectives which rightly gazed upon show nothing but confusion, I would a distinguished form. So your sweet majesty, looking awry on your lord's departure, finds shapes of grief more than himself to wail, which looked on it as, it is, is not but shadows of what is not. Then, thrice gracious queen, more than your lord's departure weep not, more's not seen. Or, if it be, tis with false sorrows I...
1: For which things true weeps, things imaginary. It may be so, but yet my inward soul persuades me it is otherwise. Howe'er it be, I cannot but be sad. So heavy sad as, though on thinking on no thought I think, Makes me with heavy nothing faint and shrink. Tis nothing but conceit,
0: my gracious lady.
1: Tis nothing less. Conceit is still derived from some forefather grief. Mine is not so. For nothing had begot my something grief. Or something hath the nothing that I grieve. Tis in reversion that I do possess. What it is, that is not yet known. What I cannot name. Tis nameless woe, I won't.
2: God save your majesty. And well met, gentlemen. I hope the king is not yet shipped for Ireland.
1: Why hopest thou so? "'Tis better hope he is, for his designs crave haste, his haste good hope. Then wherefore dost thou hope he is not shipped?
2: That he, our hope, might have retired his power, and driven into despair an enemy's hope, who strongly hath set footing in this land. The banished Bolinbrook repeals himself, and with uplifted arms is safe arrived at Ravensburg.
1: "'Oh, God in heaven forbid!' "'Ah, madam, tis too
2: true.' And that is worse, the Lord Northumberland, his daughter young Henry Piercy, the lords of Ross, Beaumont, and Willoughby,
0: with all their powerful friends, are fled to him. Why have you not proclaimed Northumberland and all the rest of the revolted faction traitors? We have. Whereupon the Earl
2: of Worcester hath broke his staff, resigned his stewardship, and all the household servants fled with him to Bolingbroke.
1: So, Green, thou art the midwife to my woe, and Bolingbroke my sorrow's dismal air. Now hath my soul brought forth her prodigy, and I, a gasping new-delivered mother, having woe to woe, sorrow to sorrow, joined. Despair not, madam. Who shall hinder me? I will despair and be an emily with cozening hope. He is a flatterer, a parasite, a keeper back of death, who gently would dissolve the bands of life which false hope lingers in extremity.
2: Here comes the Duke of York.
1: With signs of war about his Agent Heck. Oh, full of careful business are his looks. Uncle, for God's sake, speak comfortable words.
3: Should I do so, I should belie my thoughts. Comfort's in heaven, and we are on the earth, where nothing lives but crosses cares and grief. Your husband, he is gone to save far off, whilst others come to make him lose at home. Here am I left to underprop his land, who, weak with age, cannot support myself. Now comes the sick hour that his surfeit made. Now shall he try his friends that flattered him. My lord, your son was gone before I came. He was? Why so? Go all which way it will. The nobles, they are fled. The commons, they are cold. And will, I fear, revolt on Hereford's side. Sirrah, get thee to Plashy, to my sister Gloucester. Bid her send me presently a thousand pound. Hold, take my ring.
4: My lord, I had forgot to tell your lordship. Today, as I
3: came by, I called there. But I shall grieve you to report the rest. What ist, knave? An hour before I came, the Duchess died. God, for his mercy, what a tide of woes. Come rushing on this woeful land at once. I know not what to do. I would to God, so my untruth has not provoked him to it. The king had cut off my head with my brothers. What? Are there no posts dispatched for Ireland? How shall we do for money for these wars? Come, sister, cousin, I would say pray pardon me. Go, fellow, get thee home, provide some carts, and bring away the armour that is there. Gentlemen, will you go muster men? If I know how or which way to order these affairs, thus thrust disorderly into my hands, never believe me. Both are my kinsmen the one is my sovereign whom both my oath and duty bids defend the other again is my kinsman whom the king hath wronged whom conscience and my kindred bids to right well somewhat we must do come cousin i'll dispose of you gentlemen go muster up your men and meet me presently at berkeley i should too plashy too but time will not permit all is uneven and everything is left at six and seven whence it's fair for
0: news to go to Ireland, but none returns. For us to levy power proportional to the enemy is all possible. Besides, our nearness to the king in love
2: is near the hate of those love not the king.
4: And that's the wavering commons. For their love lies in their purses, and whoso empties them by so much fills their hearts with deadly hate.
0: Wherein the king stands generally condemned.
4: If judgment lie in them... Then so do we, because we ever have been near the king.
0: Well, I will for refuge straight to Bristol Castle. The Earl of Wiltshire is already there. Thither will I with you, for little office of hateful commons will perform for us, except like curs to tear us all to pieces. Will you go along with us?
4: No, I will to Ireland. To his majesty, farewell. If heart's presages be not vain, we three here art that ne'er shall meet again.
0: That's as York thrives to beat back Bolingbroke. The last poor duke.
2: The task he undertakes is numbering sands and drinking oceans dry. Where one on his side fights, thousands will fly. Farewell at once. For once, for all, and ever. Well, we may meet again.
4: I fear me, never.
5: How far is it, my lord, to Berkeley now? Believe me, noble lord, I am a stranger here, Mr. Shire. These high, wild hills and rough, uneven ways draws out our miles, and makes them wearisome. And yet your fair discourse hath been a sugar, making the hard way sweet and delectable. But, I bethink me, what a weary way from Ravensburg to the raven Cotswold will be found in possibility. Wanting your company, which, I protest, hath very much beguiled the tediousness and process of my travel. But theirs is sweetened with the hope to have the present benefit which I possess, and hope to joy is little less enjoyed than hope and joy. By this, the weary lord shall make their way seem short, as might have done by sight of what I have, your noble company.
4: Of much less value is my company than your good words. But who comes here?
5: And it is my daughter, young Harry Percy, said if my brother were sister, whensoever. Harry, now fair, Siron.
6: I had thought, my lord, to have learned his health of you.
5: Why is he not with the Queen?
6: No, my good lord. He hath forsook the court, broken his staff of office, and dispersed the household of the king. What was his reason?
5: He was not so resolved in last respect together.
6: Because your lordship was proclaimed traitor. But he, my lord, is gone to Ravensburg to offer service to the Duke of Hereford and sent me over by Berkeley to discover what power the Duke of York had levied there, then with directions to repair to Ravensburg.
5: Have you forgot the Duke of Hereford, go?
6: No, my good lord, for that is not forgot which ne'er I did remember. To my knowledge, I never in my life did look on him.
5: Then learn to know him now. This is the Duke.
6: My gracious lord, I tend to you my service, such as it is, being tender, raw, and young, which elder days shall ripen and confirm to more approved service and desert.
4: I thank thee, gentle Percy, and be sure I count myself in nothing else so happy as in a soul remembering my good friends. And as my fortune ripens with thy love, it shall be still thy true love's recompense, my heart this covenant makes, my hand thus seals it.
5: How far is it to Berkeley? And what stir keeps good old York there with his men of war?
6: There stands a castle by yon tuft of trees, manned with three hundred men, as I have heard. And in it are the lords of York, Berkeley, and Seymour, none else of name and noble estimate.
5: Ah, they come the lords of Ross and Willoughby. Glory with spurring, firing red with
4: haste. Welcome, my lords. High what your love pursues a banished traitor. All my treasury is yet but unfelt thanks, which more enriched shall be your love and labour's recompense.
5: Your presence makes us rich, most noble lord. And
4: far surmounts our labor to attain it. Evermore thanks, the exchequer of the poor, which, till my infant fortune comes to years stands for my bounty. But who comes here?
5: It is my lord of Berkeley, yes, I
4: guess. My lord of Hereford, my message is to you. My lord, my answer is to Lancaster, and I am come to seek that name in England. And I must find that title in your tongue before I make reply to aught you say. Mistake me not, my lord. Tis not my meaning to raise one title of your honour out. To you, my lord, I come, what, lord, you will, from the most gracious regent of this land, the Duke of York, to know what pricks you on to take advantage of the absent time and fright our native peace with self-born arms. I shall not need transport my words by you. Here comes his grace in person, my noble uncle.
3: Show me thy humble heart, and not thy knee, whose duty is deceivable and false. My gracious uncle. Tut, tut, grace me no grace, nor uncle me no uncle. I am no traitor's uncle, and that word... Grace, in an ungracious mouth, is but profane. Why have those banished and forbidden legs dared once to touch a dust of England's ground? But then more, why? Why have they dared to march so many miles upon her peaceful bosom, frightening her pale-faced villagers with war and ostentation of despised arms? Com'st thou, because the anointed king is hence. Why, foolish boy, the king is left behind, and in my loyal bosom lies his power. Were I but now the lord of such hot youth as when brave Gaunt, thy father, and myself rescued the black prince, that young Mars of men, from forth the ranks of many thousand French. Oh, then how quickly should this arm of mine, now prisoner to the palsy, chastise thee, and minister correction to thy fault. My gracious uncle, let me know my fault. On what condition stands it and wherein? Even in condition of the worst degree, in gross rebellion and detested treason? Thou art a banished man, and here art come before the expiration of thy time, in braving arms against thy sovereign.
4: As I was banished, I was banished, Hereford. But as I come, I come for Lancaster, and, noble uncle, I beseech your grace, look on my wrongs with an indifferent eye. You are my father, for methinks in you I see old gaunt alive oh then my father will you permit that i shall stand condemned a wandering vagabond my rights and royalties plucked from my arms perforce and given away to upstart on thrifts wherefore was i born if that my cousin king be king of england it must be granted i am duke of lancaster you have a daughter o merle my noble cousin had you first died and she been thus trod down she should have found her uncle Gaunt a father to rouse her wrongs and chase them to the bay. I am denied to sue my livery here, and yet my letters patents give me leave. My father's goods are all distrained and sold, and these and all are all a misemployed. What would you have me do? I am a subject and I challenge law. Attorneys are denied me and therefore, personally, I lay my claim to my inheritance of free descent.
5: The noble duke hath been too much abused. It stands your grace upon to do him right. Base men by his endowments
3: are made great. My lords of England, let me tell you this. I have had feeling of my cousin's wrongs and labored all I could to do him right. But in this kind to come in braving arms, be his own carver and cut out his way to find out right with wrong, it may not be. And you that do abet him in this kind, cherished rebellion, and are rebels all. The noble
5: duke hath sworn his coming is but for his own, and for the right of that we all have strongly sworn to give him aid, and let him ne'er see joy that breaks that oath.
3: Well, well, I see the issue of these arms. I cannot mend it. I must needs confess, because my power is weak and all ill left. If I could, by him that gave me life, I would detach you all and make you stoop unto the sovereign mercy of the king. But since I cannot, be it known to you, I do remain as neuter. So fare you well, unless you please to enter in the castle and there repose you for this night.
4: An offer, uncle, that we will accept but we must win your grace to go with us to bristol castle which they say is held by bushy bagot and their accomplices the caterpillars of the commonwealth
3: which i have sworn to weed and pluck away it may well be i will go with you but yet i'll pause for i'm loath to break our country's laws nor friends nor foes to me welcome you are things past redress and now with me past care
2: My lord of Salisbury, we have stayed ten days and hardly kept our countrymen together, and yet we hear no tidings from the king. Therefore we will disperse ourselves. Farewell.
5: Stay yet another day, thou trusty Welshman. The king reposeth all his confidence in thee.
2: Tis thought the king is dead. We will not stay. The bay trees in our country are all withered. Meteors fright the fixed stars of heaven. Pale-faced moon looks bloody on the earth, and lean-looked prophets whisper fearful change. Rich men look sad, and ruffians dance and leap, the one in fear to lose what they enjoy, the other to enjoy by rage and war. These signs forerun the death or fall of kings. Farewell. Our countrymen are gone and fled, as well assured Richard their king is dead.
5: Ah, Richard, with the eyes of heavy mind, I see thy glory like a shooting star fall to the base earth from the firmament. Thy sun sets weeping in the lowly west, witnessing storms to come, woe and unrest. Thy friends are fled to wait upon thy foes, and cross thee to thy good, all fortune
7: The Pendant Shakespeare, also known as the Wild Bill Variety Show, Richard II, Act Two, Part Two, featuring the voice talents of Gareth Seven as the Duke of York, Christopher Gilstrap as Henry Bolingbroke, Vincent Morrison as the Earl of Northumberland, Kristen Bays as Bushy, Olivia Steele as the Queen, Alexis Agulav as Green. Susan Evind as Henry Percy, Jordan Hass as Bagot, James Rossi as the servant, Pete Lutz as Lord Ross, Adam Blandford as Lord Willoughby, Adam Blandford as Lord Barclay, Alexis Aglesov as the captain, and Dave Morgan as the Earl of Salisbury. Written by William Shakespeare Adapted for audio by Landon Bell. Directed by George Linfield. Assistant Director, Joel Rowan. Music by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. Produced by Pendant Productions. This production is copyright 2019, Pendant Productions.
4: For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening. Bring forth these men... Bushy and green, I will not vex your souls, since presently your souls must part your bodies. Next time, on The Pendant Shakespeare. Too well. Too well thou tell'st the tale so ill. Where's the Earl of Wiltshire? Where's Baggett? What has become of Bushy? Where's Green that they have let the dangerous enemy measure our confines with such peaceful steps? If we prevail, their heads shall pay for it. I warrant they have made peace with Bolingbroke. Peace they have made with him indeed, my lord. O oh, villains, vipers damned without redemption. Dogs easily won to fawn on any man. Snakes in my heart blood warm that sting my heart. Three Judases, each one thrice worse than Judas. Would they make peace? Terrible hell make war upon their spotted souls for this offense. Heads will clash in Richard II, Act Three, presented by the Wild Bill Variety Show. Noble lords go to the rude ribs of that ancient castle. Through brazen trumpets send the breath of parley into his ruined ears and thus deliver. Henry Bolingbroke on both his knees doth kiss King Richard's hand and sends allegiance and true faith of heart to his most royal person. Listen or catch up any time on desktop or mobile at PendantAudio.com.